Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rockets 86, Warriors 71. Three and a half to go in the third quarter in Houston. Rockets trying to even up that series. Let's go ahead and bring on in Sean Devaney. We want to get him in and out of here as he wants to watch the finish of that game. Uh, Sean, what's what's going on, buddy? And, uh, boy, Rockets, again, at home, looking real good. Looks like they're even up the series, huh? Yeah, uh, you know, certainly uh, this is exactly what they needed. Um, you know, I really thought uh, in game one back in uh, in Oakland that they really had an opportunity uh, to seize control of that series. They they, they had a very good chance to win that game. Uh, Warriors had 20 turnovers. That's a real problem for them, always has been. Uh, so, you know, the Rockets really had them on the ropes. So the question was, could they come back to Houston and, and give themselves another chance? And, and, and so far... Uh, you know, Warriors are certainly hanging in there, but uh, uh, but it looks like Houston uh, uh, has has bounced back in the two uh, uh, the two games on their home floor. What's going on with Steph in these playoffs? Is it just the ankle? It's one of six from three again. That's been a struggle for him all playoffs long. You know, I was at uh, I was at the Celtics game, uh, and and so I didn't I wasn't watching the beginning of this game. Uh, you know, just doing the locker rooms and such, but. Uh, um, but, but, but I noticed that he had 11 points in the first quarter. I said, well, there you go. Steph's back on track. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as I, uh, catch back up with the game, I, I see that he's had two points. Right. Then. So, uh, you, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I wonder if it's the injury. I wonder if that's still bothering him. Um, you know, it's, it's, he, he certainly doesn't seem to be himself. Uh, but, uh, uh, he, he really needs to be, I mean, you know, that as much as this team has, has ridden Kevin Durant, uh, and, uh, and might be able to ride Kevin Durant to a championship, uh, you know, they need stuff. I mean, they, that, that's, there's going to come a time where, where Durant, uh, uh, is, is taken out of some of these games, uh, and they're going to need stuff and, and, and he has not been there so far. So, uh, that's something that, uh, um, again, you know, it may be the injury, but but I would think if it was, then they just wouldn't play him. I, they've always been really careful with that. Uh, so I don't know if there's something else going on beyond that, uh, but that's the only thing I've got right now. That really, it's really hard to figure out what's wrong with him. Yeah, uh, on cue, Kevin Durant splits a double team and nails a three, so it's back to a nine-point game. Like I said, not over yet with the way uh, they can score. Uh, okay, so you're at this Boston game, which is perfect because I wanted to get into you know the Celtics. Not, not a collapse because I think entering the playoffs, we all thought this was a very flawed team. But if you look at the preseason expectations for Boston, I mean, everybody thought that this was their conference, that it would be surprising if they did not win the East with no LeBron and making it there last year. What's happened to Boston this year? Well, you know, I, I, really it goes back to uh, the, the, the beginning of the year uh, when you had guys who had come off the playoff run that they had last year. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, especially uh, Gordon Hayward and, and, and Kyrie Irving were out 
and those guys really were, were fantastic. I mean, you know, these were young guys uh, who guided them all the way to game seven of the conference final. I mean, they were right on the brink, and they were winning in that fourth quarter uh, in game seven last year. So they, they were right on the brink of the NBA finals, and, and I think a lot of those young guys thought, hey, you know, we want to we wanna make sure uh, that we get ours. Uh, you know, as as we bring back Kyrie, as we bring back Gordon Hayward, uh, and from the beginning of the year, it was clear that they weren't going to that 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 things were going to change, and that they were going to be the ones asked to sacrifice. And I, I think that really did create a tension between sort of the veterans and the young guys. Uh, and and I just don't think that's ever really been bridged. You know, there's been times where it's been okay, uh, and then there's been times where uh, you know, as soon as there's some adversity, as soon as something goes wrong. Uh, the whole thing kind of splits apart, and and I think we've seen that time and again with this team, and and, and I think right now that's what's going on. I mean, look at Kyrie Irving, uh, as, as as poorly as he's played, um, you know, I I think a lot of the young guys uh, uh, are a little resentful of that. Does this I mean their struggles here this season into the playoffs? Does this affect at all a possible Anthony Davis trade, whether that's in the positive or negative for the Pelicans? Yeah, I think it does. Um, you know. Look, if if you if you're to believe some of the things that came out during the the whirlwind uh, of that uh, you know those ten days before the trade deadline when all this stuff was was swirling around uh, and and Anthony Davis won't go to Boston if Kyrie Irving isn't there or won't stay in Boston if Kyrie Irving isn't there uh, then uh, uh, then then you know what we've seen in the last few days could be. Uh, the prelude to an exit of Kyrie Irving if he goes to uh, Brooklyn or if he goes to uh, uh, to the Knicks, uh, then uh, you know, then do the Celtics get cold feet when it comes to trading for Anthony Davis, giving up Jason Tatum, giving up Jalen Brown, or or whoever else they'd have to give up. Uh, you know, did they get cold feet about that because they're not sure that he's going to come back? So, yeah, you know, I, I do think, you know, look, if Boston pulls its offer and, and decides it's not going to get involved in the Anthony Davis sweepstake, uh, then, you know, that's, that, that really that probably plays well for the Lakers, uh, you know, or whoever gets that number one pick. Uh, but it definitely is going to hurt the Pelicans uh, because, uh, you know, that's 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 probably the team that has the most assets, uh, as I'm sure you've heard a million times. I mean, the, the Celtics have enough to give them uh, a fair deal for, for Anthony Davis, and really no other team does. Yanis uh, uh, Antetokounmpo, is he the best player on the planet right now? He, I mean, man, he is just playing. Uh, and, and I thought that game three was a real test for him. Uh, you know, as good as he was tonight, and he took over in the fourth quarter at 17 in the fourth quarter. Uh, but game three was the real test. You know, coming into there, coming in onto, onto the Boston Garden floor uh, to carry them to the win that he carried them to, it was really fantastic to see. And it really did raise his profile as a playoff player. Hey, can I hold you for just 60 seconds? I just want a Sean Devaney prediction on those two series that are tied. Can I do that, Sean? You bet. Okay, sure thing, so. 60 seconds, and then we'll get those predictions on that Nuggets, Blazers, and Raptors uh, Sixers series. When we come back, Seth Dunlap, the last lap continuing on WWL. And really quickly here, I think it's a six-point game going to the next break. Uh, in Houston, 20 points for Steph. Look, we were just talking about him, and uh, he's got 29. Nine-point lead for the Rockets, actually 93-84. Back and rejoined by Sean Devity of the Sporting News, at Sean Devity on Twitter, great NBA writer, and, and, and told Sean, I, I need his predictions for these uh, Blazers Nuggets series. Low-key, one of the better conference semifinal series uh, that I've seen recently, and also that Sixers-Raptors uh, series. Sean, who you got? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, that really uh, – 
uh, it's unfortunate that I think not as many people are watching Denver and Portland as, as really should be because it's been very, very entertaining. Uh, you know, of course, the four-overtime game. Uh, you know, I, I think Denver really showed a lot to bounce back in game four the, the way they did. Uh, Jamal Murray was fantastic, especially down the stretch. Uh, Jokic, with his passing, uh, you know, really did uh, uh, was, was was terrific as well. But you know, for, for Jamal Murray as a young player, you can really see him growing up in these playoffs. I think he's going to be uh, a pretty major star, and we're just seeing the start of that right now. So I think Denver now with the home court advantage back in its favor. Uh, they were 34 and seven at home during the regular season, best team uh, in the league on their home floor. So I think I think you, you'll see Denver wind up pulling that one out. Um, you know. I, the, the, the Toronto Philly series has been—it's uh, just been such a back and forth, and it's been—it's really been a matter of whose stars um, play least bad. You know, Kawhi Leonard's been the only consistent player in the series, uh, but uh, uh, you know, I think that that with, with Philadelphia. Uh, I think they still have a, a little growing up to do. I think Toronto's a little more mature team. I think I would take Toronto uh, in that one. Uh, again, they've got home court advantage. Uh, so as we're sitting 2-2, I think Toronto has the edge there. Sean Devaney of the Sporting News. You can find his work every day during these NBA playoffs at the Sporting News, and you can also uh, follow him on Twitter. You need to. Don't, not also. You need to be following him on Twitter at Sean Devaney. Sean, always appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of this game. Seth, thank you. All right, you bet. There he goes. And, yeah, the fourth quarter just underway, and the Rockets leading still 93-84. to 84. Actually, not quite underway yet. looks like uh, Mike D'Antoni uh, giving an interview to TNT, and then we will start up again. we got Sports Libs coming uh, later this hour. I also want to remind everybody you can win some money each day during our $12,000 a day giveaway at WWL and Intercom Radio every hour between 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. You get a chance to win a grand in our Intercom National Cash Contest. Listen to the code word right before the top of the hour news, and then you can text it to 72881. Don't miss your chance to win $12,000 a day in our 12 k a day giveaway, not on this program, but during the rest of the day, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., you get that shot. In our time slot tomorrow... We're going to have Tiger baseball. And, in fact, three times this week in our time slot, we'll have LSU baseball. Tomorrow it's LSU against La Tech. Pre-game 6 o'clock, first pitch 6.30. And then it's LSU against number 6 Arkansas Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All those games here on WWL. You know, it's going to be hard for me to, I guess, um, put to words my feelings on this next topic. It doesn't really have anything to do with sports. But I have been about as dejected over the internet as I've ever been in my life the last 24 hours or so. And I've just come to the realization that the internet and social media ruins everything without exception. Now, there are very good qualities to the connectivity that we have across our world now with said internet and social media, and I get it. It makes things, oh, like watching your favorite TV show or talking to me on Twitter, chatting with me on Twitter, whatever you want. makes it a lot easier. Couldn't do this 20 to 30 years ago. But what it has bred is uncontrollable terribleness and unhappiness by a certain section of the Internet that usually is the loudest section of the Internet that likes to destroy everything that was ever good in our entertainment world. Everything is terrible to these people. Now, if you were following me on Twitter last night, you might know what I'm talking about. 
but I am—I am absolutely fed up with how people are reacting uh, to Game of Thrones. I just am. I am completely over it. I am. I am so over it. I, I just want to. If I—if the Twitter was a physical object, I go and throw it in the Mississippi and never turn back. And if I could do it and not use social media for the job that I have, I'd, I'd do it. But that would be a career suicide. So I got to take part in this terribleness. I don't understand, and get out of my ear, Ron, with that Game of Thrones sucks. <laughs> I don't understand why everything that's good, everything that we love to enjoy as entertainment, it's suddenly fodder for the internet trolls who want to ruin it for us. This started, You know what it started with? It started with video games a while ago because uh, social media and, and the streams um, really led to the big industry that the that video games have become I mean, if you don't know it's like a 20 billion dollar a year industry now i mean it's insane it's it's up there with movies and everything and cinema in fact in a lot of aspects it's past cinema it started with that and then you'd have these games come out these big triple a budget titles that would come out and people no matter if the game was good bad or indifferent no, no matter if it was good bad or indifferent they would rip it to shreds and say oh it's terrible for reasons x y and z and then this happened with star wars an objectively good Star Wars movie, and there are some bad ones in the past. That prequel trilogy, I think two out of the three movies were just downright bad, but there wasn't social media back then. The new trilogy has been good, very good. Has it been God's gift to, to cinema? No. Have they been very good Star Wars movies? Yes, they have, and that includes The Last Jedi. And what did we have with The Last Jedi? You had people tarring and feathering Ryan Johnson, the director, and everybody involved with that franchise in Disney before the movie even came out. Like, who wants to ruin Star Wars for us? And then we're having it happen with Game of Thrones. Now, you don't even need to watch Game of Thrones to understand what I'm talking about here, but pay attention for a second. Game of Thrones is a book series. That this guy, George R. R. Martin, wrote, what, 25 years ago now? About 25 years ago. He has spent 25 years writing five books. Five books in 25 years. About, what, five years per book that works out to. This last book that he keeps trying to write, um, he hasn't been able to finish it the last four years. When the, the series Game of Thrones started, he had written these five books and the thought was, well, okay, we'll do a bunch of seasons here, and by the time we're, we're finished and wrapping up, he'll have all the books written. We'll just go off all the material he has in the books. Well, he didn't finish the books, so that has left the showrunners at HBO in an impossible situation. They have expiring contracts with these actors, actors who don't want to be part of the show anymore, actors who are aging, directors costume designers, cinematographers, special effects crew, and really the reality of the television medium is that you have a year or so. I guess the new thing in TV, sometimes these shows get delayed by, uh, you know, six months or so. She might go 18 months between seasons instead of the typical 12, which is kind of what happened with Game of Thrones here. Happened with Westworld. I think Better Call Saul is doing the same thing. I don't know. Maybe that's the new standard. The point is you've got about a year or so to write and develop an entire 10 episodes or so, 10 hours or so of television. How in the world are we asking these show writers 
showrunners and the writers to do a better job in one year with the limitations that television provides with special effects that George R. R. Martin, this author, couldn't do. These are good shows. Shows that we have never seen anything quite like it on TV. I mean, this one battle a couple of weeks ago cost, what was it, $60 million and, and took 55 straight nights in the bitter cold at night in Ireland to film. And then you have Joe Cheeto face in his mom's basement taking to Twitter and Reddit and YouTube and Facebook and trying to act like everything in this world is terrible because the plot didn't quite go the way that he thought? What is wrong with people? Seriously, what is what is, what is wrong with people? I don't understand this incessant desire on the internet and social media to rip to shreds everything that is good and entertaining in our lives. The NFL is terrible. College basketball is terrible. College football, well, it's terrible because I guess, you know, only 10 or 15 programs are good every year. Movies are bad. A lot of people think the Marvel Universe, same thing. No plot, it's terrible. Those are entertaining as hell movies. Basketball is bad. NBA is selfish, I don't watch it. We're a football town, I don't watch it. XFL is terrible. They're not the NFL, they'll never succeed. Why do people insist on just being Scrooges? And these are people that couldn't write a script if you gave them $500 million in 10 years to do it. So what I have found out very keenly over the last two weeks, I do this Game of Thrones podcast, so I'm very in tune with it. It doesn't really have to do with Game of Thrones. Like I said, it happened with Star Wars. It's happened with games before, other movie series. That The internet just absolutely ruins everything. Just ruins it. And it got me to the point where I didn't even want to do the, you know, the podcast anymore. <laughs> and frankly, at times when people just want to act like, you know, the NFL is terrible as a whole or our basketball is terrible. I mean, we went through this whole saga with the NFL with the social justice protests during the national anthem. And you had people acting like on both sides, acting like the NFL was this evil empire that needed to be slayed. And it mainly come, came from the internet. I'll tell you this, and the older I get, the more I firmly believe this, and I guess that is me getting old because I'm about to have, you know, a, a bah humbug get off my lawn moment here. But I'm starting to believe that the people who say the world would be a better place without social media and without the connectivity that we have might be right. And all I have to say to all of you people who try to tear down Star Wars or Game of Thrones or the NFL or the NBA playoffs or college basketball or whatever – form of entertainment that a lot of, of us watch and consume just to get away from the dull terrible realities of life just shut up please just shut the heck up and go away because ugh, everybody's had enough of you all right back with sports libs after this this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.